And joining us this morning for Your Neighborhood News from the Sahan Journal, we have Becky Dernbach with us. Becky, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And you have recently written an article featuring the stressors that are caused during the pandemic for teachers of color in our community. And we're joined by Jeff Garcia, who is a special ed middle school teacher for St. Paul Public Schools. Jeff, thanks for being here, too. Thanks for the invitation. Jeff, we'll start with you. What are some of the biggest factors contributing to, to stress amongst teachers like yourself right now? What is causing the most stress and anxiety? Speaking as a special ed teacher and as a newer educator also, there's a sense that we haven't been in anyone's normal environment where people have learned to teach and learned to teach teachers. We haven't been in that environment in three years. And I think that all the uncertainty, the kids quarantining and the worry of all that It's really starting to get at people more so than it did last year. And Becky, you've spoken with some other teachers who are teaching in different circumstances. Did they raise similar concerns? What was kind of on the top of their mind? You know, with the with the Omicron variant, it's been a really difficult time in schools. And that's been true whether you're teaching in person or virtually. Safety is a concern for teachers and for students, and there are teachers who have been asking in in some districts for greater safety measures. I think that there's some frustration for many of them that they don't feel like the districts are listening to them, that their voices aren't being heard. During the Omicron surge, there's been such high staff shortages, and this was true before Omicron too. There's, you know, not very many substitute teachers right now. Bus drivers are short-staffed, and so teachers are just being asked to do more and more and more than they had been previously. You know, normally teachers have a prep time during the day that they can spend to, you know, do some lesson planning and fill that time with whatever they need to do that they can't do when they're in class. And many teachers have just not had access to that for a long time now because they're always having to fill in for their colleagues, always having to help out in a different classroom, really being stretched thin sounds like a lot of teachers are just looking for more support from their peers. Jeff, have you been in person this entire time or has your school moved to distance learning at any point? So we have been in person this entire time, you know, even though on some days we've had definitely more than 25% of total staff have been out. One of the issues that's come up is that special ed staff, you know, teachers and teaching assistants aren't being factored into decisions to send kids to learn at home for a few days. And so While on paper, a school can be adequately staffed, at least according to the metrics, half the special ed department could be out and that creates an equity issue for those kids. So it's been tough for sure, especially being in a a smaller school myself. What are some unique challenges that you're facing uh, dealing specifically with special education, the department? I would say the really specific challenges are that we're trying to provide each kid's services, whether that be speech, or literacy or math in an environment where, again, because of staff shortages, we're not sure who's going to be in on a given day. And so, you know, we have to sort of improvise when it comes to making sure that our kids are getting everything that they're legally entitled to. And we do it. A lot of that has meant extra work that other people on the team take on when people get sick or people have to stay at home and quarantine. Overall, it's it's really that the kids don't have access to staff that are out so they don't have access to their their speech therapist or their social worker if that person is out sick that creates an issue day to day when we're just trying to make sure they get what they need do you think that shifting to online learning would help that situation or pulling these kids out of the routine is is that just going to exacerbate the stress that's already happening you know i i don't claim to know the right answer to that but i would say 
that what kids do need is access to the people that are there to support them, you know, the services that they need. In some cases, especially with the Omicron surge, it might be easier to make sure they get all of those in a virtual environment or be selective about it. But doing one size fits all doesn't really acknowledge what we've been going through. And I think that folks, especially, I know I'll speak for only myself, haven't been feeling respected by the folks that aren't in classrooms every day. Becky, you'd spoken with a few other teachers as well. What are some unique hurdles that they're facing? Yeah, so I talked to some teachers who are teaching in some really interesting environments. I talked to a teacher who is teaching kids with developmental disabilities who are in a separate school, separate program for kids with really high needs. The staff shortage is there. They have a very low staff to student ratio because that's what those students need. And when the staff are out, that ratio gets really skewed and it makes it really difficult to work safely with the students. I've spoken to, there's an English language development teacher I spoke to who She started her career online as well. She started her her teaching career in 2020 when school was in distance learning and she teaches English language learners and teaching English language learners who are brand new to the U.S., which is what she's doing, is very difficult to do remotely. And her school moved remote and she was, you know, she, she agreed with the decision, but she also just felt frustrated that... Well, such a big part of how students learn language is by talking to each other. And you miss that. You don't get that the same way in an online environment. And I think that a lot of teachers who, who are serving communities, you know, for whom online learning is particularly, you know, not the best learning mode. I mean, in my reporting over the past year and a half, I've consistently found that it's parents of color who have the greatest concerns about safety during the, during the pandemic. Those students have have concerns. They have families that are at risk. For a lot of them, it makes sense to be at home. But at the same time, that's not the the greatest way for, for them to learn. And that creates some really frustrating challenges. Jeff, and we've touched on this a little bit, but short term and long term, are there some changes that you would like to see to alleviate the stress in this situation? So I think the most immediate change that I I would like to see is a change in the way that both administrators at the district level and school boards engage with parents and families and educators in these decisions, because we have expertise. We do see what goes on in the schools every day, as well as parents and families know what their concerns are about COVID. When kids are kept home from school, you know, a lot of families at my predominantly Asian middle school have been doing, you know, my middle school is predominantly Asian and black and many families have been choosing to keep their kids home. And I don't know that anyone is really asking parents why. The answer might seem obvious, but it's more complicated than that, uh, sort of as Becky alluded to. So I would like to see some better engagement from districts on what educators need, what families need. I think also in the short term or medium term, we have to find ways to make our teaching more flexible, especially because people are going to continue getting sick. Spread is going to continue in some way. And so we need to be able to make sure that especially kids who have the most need, English learners, kids with disabilities, kids who maybe didn't have the you know most consistent attendance beforehand, we need to make sure we have ways to reach them and aren't relying just on who's sick and who's not, or who's quarantining and who's not. Very good point. It sounds like staffing is just so razor thin. It's hard to accommodate when these situations come up. Uh, Becky, and you spoke to some other teachers. Did they have anything that they wanted to add about short and long-term changes they'd like to see to alleviate the stress in this situation? 
there's one teacher, the teacher I spoke to who who's working with, with developmental disabilities in a separate um, building, she raised some concerns about just having enough sick time. You know, she, she said if she gets sick, she's going to have to take that from her own sick time and she wouldn't have enough for the 10 day quarantine. And I think that one theme I'm hearing from a lot of teachers right now is that they're just not feeling heard by their districts. And I think that the needs might vary a little bit from one district to another, but I feel like there's a lot of frustration around communication, around just feeling unheard. And I, I think that that maybe that's a place to start. Very good point. Jeff, anything else that you wanted to add to the conversation? The last bit I would have to say, and I know I probably sound like a broken record, but it all goes back to respect respecting that we have trained professionals, you know, the very like ground level staff, teaching assistants, ESPs, nutrition folks, you know, all of their voices, as well as licensed educators need to be heard. Families are, are making the decision to keep their kids home on their own. That should cause some, I think, some reflection on, are we actually meeting the needs, the safety needs for those kids? Absolutely. Becky, anything else you wanted to add? And could you tell us a little bit more about Sahan Journal and maybe some headlines that we should be looking forward to? Sure. So just to add on to Jeff's point there, I asked seven districts, including Jeff's, about how their student attendance was going. And it's really all over the map um, in, in one district to another. But in St. Paul Public Schools, as of on, on January 18th, which is the day I requested, about a quarter of all St. Paul students were were staying home. Some districts, that's that's much lower. But I think that um, what Jeff is saying about parents making their own decisions is a really Im- important point. And as for Sahan Journals, we're an online news source that reports on immigrant communities and communities of color. I'm the education reporter there. Now, we've been reporting a lot this week on the Feeding Our Future fraud allegations, alleged okay. allegations. So you can check that out. And we report on many other issues as well. I, I report on education. So you can you can check all that out at sahanjournal.com. And Sahan is spelled S-A-H-A-N. We will look to that at jazz88.fm. Becky Dernbach for Sahan Journal and Jeff Garcia, special education teacher for St. Paul Public Schools. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having us. Thank you.